Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan, and welcome to the Everything Renewed Podcast, and thank you for joining us. My guest today, she needs no introduction, especially if you live in West Michigan. But for my listening audience, I have one of the most influential women in the state of Michigan inside my studio today. Shannon Cohen is the founder and CEO of Shannon Cohen Incorporated, a boutique firm with a mighty imprint and reputation for excellence. She specializes in developing customized emotional intelligence, equity, and wellness for organizations across diverse sectors and industries. You all listen to it. I got to break this down the way I like it. Listen to her clientele, please. Electronic Arts, the White House of National Drug Control Policy. That's right. I said the White House. Michigan Public Health Institute, Henry Ford Health System, United Way, the American Heart Associ- Association, Steelcase, the City of Grand Rapids, the County of Kent, the University of Michigan, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, the City of Holland, Gentex Corporation, Atomic Ob- Object, Grace Hopper, Anita B.org, Mercantile Bank, the Urban Core Collective, Bissell, and the Grand Rapids Community Foundation. I don't think she has enough clients personally. Um, <laughs> Using a head-heart approach, Shannon excels in engaging change agents in transparent conversations about the unspoken truths of leadership and self-care to nurture longevity in leadership. She doesn't just speak to leaders. She speaks into the lives of leaders. Come on, Shannon. Speak into the lives. I like that. That'll preach. Anyway, uh, Shannon is an author, podcaster, and owner of an inspirational product line called Tough Skin, Soft Heart. Her Tough Skin Soft Heart uh, products are available at retailer retailers across the country. Um, her Tough Skin Soft Heart podcast is in its second season. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And reaches subscriber, subscribers, excuse me if I can talk, in 12 countries. 12? Not yet. With, <laughs> with weekly grabbing grow, uh, go inspiration strategies for difference makers. Her second book is Normal to Shake as You Soar was released in October 2020. In February 2021, Shannon's signature brand of greeting cards was debuted. Um, Oh, man, you know what? 1,750 plus Target stores. I had to get that number right. 1,700. Just just a couple stores. Right, just a couple. couple. (laughs) Nationwide, in partnership with American Greeting. So, Shannon, I want to read more. Um your bio, of course, Mary, Mr. Durrell, Lil Deuce Jr. What an honor. I am like cheesing over here. Y'all should see my face. I'm really cheesing. It's more to her background. Um, I don't want to sell it short, but um, co-founder of Sisters Who Lead, a regional talent and wellness um, affinity movement designed to advance the well-being and career mobility of women of color to executive leadership. Ms. Shannon, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you are here and that you are here and that you are creating this space. And I'm just thankful that you had me on your podcast. Please, girl. Um, <laughs> the fact that you're sitting in my office, you know, I I am really uh, 
excited, delighted, happy, the whole nine yards, overjoyed that you found time to come and spend with me and our listening audience. So let's kick it off. I ask every one of my guests a, um, it's, I call it the uh, renewed question. Mm. So what is something that you would like to see changed in our world? Just off the top of your head. Oh, that's such a good question. And that was, y'all, for those that are listening, that was not on his list of questions No, me, no, which no. I love that. I love that because then it's real authentic conversation. So you said the first thing that I thought about, and um, my answer is really going to say how I'm bent and rewired to see the world. But I think the one thing that I would change a little bit about the world as it is right now is I would want to address just how many people are walking wounded. Mm. You know, I think ever since I was a little girl, I was always aware of people that were visibly invisible. You know, you can be in a space and still not be being seen or being heard. And I think, you know, and, and especially not just in my line of work, but I really do believe it's in how God has wired me. It's almost like, you know, you know how you see all of the military movies where they put on those heat-seeking glasses and mm-hmm. then people turn green? Yeah. I think I have emotion-seeking glasses, and I can see. I've always been able to see um, where people are hurting. And I think there's a lot of people that are high functioning, they are high achieving, they got more degrees than the alphabet, and they are still hurting because none of those things absolve us from pain. And so I think if I could change anything, it would be creating a space where, you know, we have the psychological safety that we need so that we don't have to have and we can actually heal. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a good podcast. Um, Wow. So how, how do you help that? Like, I know this is not even, y'all, we, we are so not going off script, but, well, we are going off script, but how do you, if you see people hurting, um, you know, through, I'm, I'm assuming through the line of work that you do, what, what does that do to your heart? Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I think, gosh, you have so many thoughts that are coming to me. I know that one of the things that I am gifted to do is to be an extension of Jesus's ministry on the earth. And I remember when I, in Isaiah, he talked about the fact that he was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the brokenhearted Mm. and to comfort those that mourn. And so, you know, I really, you know, I think of myself as a professional comforter. See, I, by way of the Baptist tradition, (laughs) because my grandparents were Baptist pastors and then on my, paternal side of my family my uncle was a first order zion pastor and so i have this faith and emotional wellness lens that are connected to me Mm. and so when i meet people or have conversations i think i've always been the kind of person where people feel safe to unpack what they're carrying Mm. and i used to think well maybe everybody is wired like this but i don't think so like you know even yesterday i was talking to a woman who works for a client organization, a global client, if I said the name, your listeners will know. And we were just on the phone to make an appointment. And in the middle of the conversation, she says, Shannon, I might be getting downsized. I might be losing my job. And I thought, we're just on here to make a Calendly in <laughs> a Google <laughs> appointment. We were not, we weren't there to talk about anything that she was carrying. But in, in I have never met this woman. Mm. We have never seen each other face to face. But she felt 
level of safety that she interrupted and disrupted the conversation to assert her power. Mm. And in that moment, I just paused and I had space with her. Mm. And I remember I just said to her, I am sorry, sorry that this is weighing so heavily and that this uncertainty, you're still showing up to work. You're still doing what has been asked of you and you are hurting every day. And I just held space to just acknowledge that. Now, I couldn't fix it. I couldn't change it. And I remember reading in a business periodical that there were some layoffs coming for this organization. And I started to think about the work that I do with them. But, you know, that was like maybe two weeks ago for this woman to say that. I'm like, mm-mm. There's something divine, divinely inspired by the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And often my job and the work that I get a chance to do is to help people you know, not ignore those indicators that something ain't right with me. Yeah, I might still be functioning through the things of, you know, the obligations and the duties that I have, but I'm not all right. Mm. And I'm not a counselor. I leave that to you. I leave <laughs> that to my husband. What you all do is magic too, but I think helping people reconnect with themselves and understanding that um, how important emotional wellness is to the spirit, soul, and body is holistic wellness and how it shows up in how we our work performance, how it shows up in our interpersonal relationships is really powerful. You are anointed and licensed to minister to people's hurts. And I think oftentimes in our field of work, we are working to just, and some of us like start a career just to possibly make money or do something that um, has never been done in generations to come. Um, but for people to come to you and for you to get different, um, I don't want to say job offers, but a different clientele for you to come in and speak to the lives of hurting people. Like you said, the, the grief does not make you somebody. Nope, okay. They add to you, mm-hmm. but really it's how we're functioning every day that really develop our identity. I wanted to talk to you today about developing and evolving different senses. Um, this whole, this whole idea that we have to be somebody. It's like we see it all over um, in books, magazines, social media, the whole nine yards. Uh, some of our influencers that we may look up to will always encourage to be better and voice this drive. Let me ask you, what is a what is Um, a difference maker you know I started to use the word difference maker instead of leader Um, I was actually working for a client I remember they wanted me to come on and speak to a group and I was like yeah so you're leaders and they were like no Shannon they aren't leaders like this they and I was like no they're leaders no they aren't leaders like this organization only gave the moniker the mantle the title of leader to people who had senior level titles in the company like, no, leadership is influence because I know that it's that IT tech that if you ain't on his good side, <laughs> right? Like, sometimes it's the administrative assistant who is actually the CEO's mother in law who holds the juice. And so, mm. you know, I think that the, the confining and constricting leadership to just the title is, is a broken philosophy. I think all of us have been divinely wired to be difference makers. 
that all of us are uniquely gifted to solve some problem in life. Mm. And I think that it's just figuring out what that is and then finding ourselves in that space, that what I like to call that intersection of joy and purpose, mm-hmm. so that you can walk in whatever you're gifted to do. So, so in other words, I shouldn't be focused on trying to get a leadership position. I should be focused on making a difference. I think it could be a both end. Hmm. You know, for me, for example, you were talking about like what God has gifted me to do. I know that God has gifted me to bring the throne room into the boardroom. That's part of my divine Mike assignment. Drive. That's my assignment is to take because there are some people that are never going to go into a faith community space. They're never going to go into a congregation space. They're going to work. And so my job, the way that God has wired me and then positioned me is that I get to take the throne room into boardrooms. So for that, I have to have, you know, so my vehicle of ministry is my business. Mm. It's my, it's my vehicle. It's a tool. It's a vehicle. Just like Jesus had a donkey rolled in. Like that's my, that's my tool, <laughs> right? That's my, that's my transport tool, right? Um, so I think for some people that are listening today, you know, depending on what they're wired to do, it may be through a title. It may be through, you know, what their pathway may include a title or a leadership pathway. But I don't think you need a title to make a difference. I don't think, you know, somewhere we got that those wires crossed in culture. Um, there are some, some of the most influential people in our lives never had formal titles or degrees. Mm, that's true. That's you know, true. I think anybody that recognizes their influence and their purpose and they have found out how they're supposed to wield that to do good. That's a difference maker. So how do I deal with the pressure of trying to make a difference? Right. So, okay, let's, let's be real. So I have my own practice, right. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm just doing that personally. And then, so if I was to look at you, Different states. See, we not just in Michigan. You know, uh, there's a joke between me and your husband. I <laughs> their name is not Shannon <laughs> in private spaces. Um, your name is Mrs. Grand Rapids. Is what I call you. I've been calling you that for years, right? So if I'm looking at you and I'm like, wow, like Shannon, look, she's in Target and she's all over the place. And you're not just in Target, like I said, you're in the White House, the whole nine yards. So if I'm looking at you and I'm like, wow, Shannon, you make a difference. And then I try to compare myself to the difference that you're making versus the difference that I'm making. It's this pressure that we often look at others and we mm-hmm. don't focus on the impact that we're currently making. So how 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 do I deal with the pressure of trying to make a difference? Does that make sense? It does. And I say, watch where your eyes is going. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I say, watch where your eyes are going. There's a, a card that I have um, in our Tough Skin Soft Heart greeting card. And it's really a message I wrote to myself once when I was in a space of career ambitious restlessness, right? Like I wasn't liking where I was working, but, and I knew what there was more. I just didn't know how to get from where I was to where I wanted to be. And I wrote the day I stopped looking around and started looking within my life changed. Mm. You know, I think that it is very easy to start these wandering eyes of ours, right? Mm-hmm. Wandering eyes that are just not about, you know, checking out the people that we think are fly and fine, but wandering eyes, mission drift, purpose mm-hmm. drift. We start looking at other people, 
with other with different callings, different um, life assignments, then we start comparing ourselves to people that we were not made in their image. They don't craft it in their likeness. And so when we feel those feelings, we have to ask ourselves, where is that pressure coming from? Is it self-imposed pressure? Is it real or perceived? Is it pressure? Because I am, I'm looking around instead of looking within. Like, I have to check that pressure. And I think the other thing, the other side of this is, if there is visibility, there is great scrutiny. So you cannot want the the magic without the mantle. Mm. And often we think we see people that are doing things and we don't see the battle scars because we're looking at the wrong, we're looking at the front. We're not looking at the back. Mm. And so with every win that I know, I know, and you know this from your life, like I'm sitting in your vision. I'm sitting in the manifestation of you and Artina's persistence and resolve and resilience and dreaming. And I know there's battle scars. This is a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. But I know there were ba- there are battle scars that you carry from your journey of becoming mm-hmm. to be in this space. And so I think we got to get our eyes off of other people. Mm-hmm. And we have to start to focus within and and really cultivating what we are supposed to be. And if you're really focusing on that, you don't have time to look around. That's, that's a good segue because I was going to ask you um, what are a few disciplines that a difference maker should be practicing and really you already answered one of them stop looking around look within um so okay i take your advice i look within but what if i see um feelings or i see myself as being incomplete so what am i looking for when i look within you know or and not just looking within, but what are some other disciplines that I can practice as a difference maker? You know, I don't. When I say look within, too, I, I think I need to go back to that earlier because your question implies something for me to look. It's a good point. I love to be inspired by other people. I think there's a, you know, just last week I want. I believe in field trips. So anybody that I talk to knows I believe that you should. I believe in experiential learning. Mm-hmm. I don't think that field trips are just for children. I think adults need field trips because we need to see what's possible. Mm. We need visions of the next level. We need to see that. And so I, as a business owner, I often go on field trips to see long before my products were in Target, I would go on field trips to home goods. I was like, oh, let me imagine my stuff right here, right? They were a mm. mix of visioning and field trips. Who's in the market? Why everybody else is looking at the front of a greeting card, I'm looking at the back. I want to know where was it published, where was it printed, who did it, what company, how are they packaging it, what size is it? Like, I'm doing, that's where my mind goes. Um, But I think that looking at other people can give you inspiration, but not a prescription. Mm. They can give you a point of view about a pathway, but they can't be prescriptive to tell you how you you should do it because everybody is different. Mm. Everyone's path is different. And so I think you have to take that inspiration and then come back and carve out your own path. So what you say, what you say by you taking these field trips, that your desire to take these field trips were fuel to really give birth to what was inside. I think about the last field trip that I went on. And it was actually fueled by frustration because I was at a point I'm at a crossroads where I need to know how to grow in production. And I'm like, I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, like I don't know how to do that. And so I'm like, let let me learn. Let and I learn often. I'm a visual learner. So I me like too. to I'm a visual learner, right? Like I can read some books and books are great. Oh, I'm, you're no good. I'm always <laughs> reading, right? But there's something beautiful about being able to be submersed in someone else's vision. It can often inspire you in your own. Mm. And I believe that I also believe in cross-pollinating ideas with people that are in industries that are different from me, often because then there's not that sense of competition. Mm. And so people are willing to share more and they're willing to uncover, but I also believe in mutual res- you know, reciprocity. So I don't think you just be a taker. What can you offer? And before you ask. Mm. And so I went on this field trip, which is a relationship with a, you know, with the vice president of a company that has been a long time member of the Tough Skin Soft Heart community. They, she's purchased things from me. I've purchased things from her build from her organization. And I just was like, I just want to come and tour. You know, I want to see how this mighty, they have a petite and powerful team and how you are enacting a global vision. And mm. I needed to step into that to inspire me and thinking in myself. And so I think there's a lot of pathways to inspiration, but I think at the first, it's self-awareness. And sometimes we spend so much time reading everybody else's bio, reading everybody else's story, you know, following everybody else on social media, watching everybody else's TV show, that I can spend more of my life invested in your vision than uncovering my own. That's what made me. I used to love Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, like I used to watch really? it fa- like early on. Yes, yes, that was like my ratchet TV. I loved it. <laughs> and I remember one day, I stopped watching when Candy came out with her line of bedroom products. And I remember thinking, you investing all of this time is helping to seed her vision while your vision over there kept collecting dust. Girl, turn this TV off. And I never watched it since. And I'm not knocking nobody that watches it. I'm just saying that for me, it was my wake up that every single day I'm driving, I'm carrying, I'm reading something that started in the imagination of somebody else. I know how to invest in other people's imagination Mm. and other people's creativity and other people's ideas. Why am I I not giving that same level of intentionality and tenaciousness to myself? So we... We are sowing our time. We are sowing um, our resources into other people's visions by the disciplines that we follow. Oftentimes, you know, I and I even kick myself sometimes too because like the disciplines, we will say we don't have certain disciplines. Like um, I teach my children, um, even with their with their line of work that they do now. I love um, it so much. It trust me, it's like you said. It's but however i was tired i'm like i'm coming home i'm like why are y'all watching people on youtube running around the big old gigantic house okay. shooting nerf guns like man if y'all don't turn this mess off like it was really bothering me i'm like no create your own like stop watching this or i'm okay with you watching it now what are you going to do and then i had to take responsibility it's like i'm fussing at them but what platform have i provided for them so we we talk about disciplines and oh i don't have the time i don't have the resources i don't have you know the big one i don't have the money mm-hmm. but really we pay for cable we pay mm-hmm. for hulu we pay for yeah. netflix um i like to eat so it's one thing god really checked me on was like 
the the amount of money that I may spend to feed myself, why am I not feeding myself knowledge? Mm. Right? Right here on my board it says information is retained by repetition. So the more I read, the more I can receive, mm. the more I can help create the vision for our family. And so basically what I'm trying to say is that we we will down ourselves inwardly and say, I don't have it. But when we assess what we are doing, we actually do have it. We do have it. And I think, you know, I wrote something to myself the other day. I put it on my Twitter page. I said, start. Start somewhere. Hmm. Start imperfectly. Start and reimagine. Say that again. Right? Like, start imperfectly. Hmm. You know, test yourself out. People want to talk about Target. Oh, my God. And Americans really fell and think that they're those parking things. But test yourself out, Target, in your basement. Wow. They started in my basement. They can find their way. <laughs> right? In my, in, out in my basement. You know, and I think, you know, I started with what I had and where I was mm. for many years. We have just now leased some external space. Wow. And we're turning five on April 17th. Wow. So the first five years of this idea to expand into a product was in my basement. I was doing laundry in pots, okay? Like, <laughs> all at the same space. And I don't have a, you know, I'm like, you start with what you have. We are too deficit-minded. Wow. We are so deficit-minded that we don't honor what we have. And, and you know, I know there are probably different faith traditions that tune into the podcast, but for me, out of my tradition, you know, Jesus always started, when people presented their obstacles to Jesus, mm-hmm. he always turned the question to what do you have? Yeah. He would ask people stuff like, what's in your hand? Mm-hmm. What do you have? And I know that they used to be frustrated, like, I'm coming to you with my situation, with my disturbance, with my turbulence, <laughs> and you want to talk about what's available to me? Because I think that's where the magic begins. We already ha- we have had um, replaying the deficits in our lives far too long. Mm, that's way, way far too long. Mm. That we have started to believe the misnomer that my deficits are greater than my assets. Leveraging one asset could change your life. Bring the pot back up. <laughs> right. like for all of us, everybody that's listening, even me, to take the next 30 days and all we talked about were our assets, our strengths. Mm. We didn't magnify our deficits, our liabilities. We magnified our strengths and our assets, the gifts that we have. Mm -hmm. And we spent 30 days just trying to grow in those things. Be life changers. We'd be different. It's funny that you meant that too because I was literally thinking as you were talking, I was like, when you study the life of Jesus, that's like I was on right there. Most, if not all, but most of the miracles that we read about in our Bible never was something that was coming out the blue, never something falling on the trees or coming out the ground. It was always what the people possessed at that mm-hmm. moment. And mm-hmm. so miracles can be performed with uh, what's ever in your possession. What's in yours? Mm. What's in your hand? And I think that that's enough to start. 
Now you're right. I love your quote that comes when I finish my time. I love protection because you do reach a point where you're like, well, this is all to maximize what I got. Right. Like I, I need, I need to add to what I have. But give them something to bless. Work with what you got. But some of us, if we just focus on working with what we have by the end of the year, we will see some breakthrough. We will see some seeds in the ground. And so I think that we have to start with what we have and um, break up with this idea of fast food. Yeah. Let's take a break. We got to take a break. I, we coming back to the idea of fast break. I want I want to tap into that. Um, man, it, this is amazing. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by More Legacy Publishing Company. More Legacy Publishing is a company that focuses on publishing with a purpose. More Legacy Publishing has published daily journals, therapeutic activity books, children books, and coloring books. They help put your idea, story, and vision on pages for the world to experience. They are a family-owned and operated company whose sole purpose is to help you build your legacy. To find out more about More Legacy Publishing, go to www.morelegacy.com www.morelegacy.com for additional information. Let them publish your book and help you build your legacy. Now back to the show. Okay, and we are back. Uh, Shannon, when we left off right before the break, you said stop being addicted to fast break. And I wanted to jump right into that. <laughs> what is that? What do you mean by stop being addicted to fast break? You know, I think that I'm reading a book right now. So, um, and it's a plug for small giants. I'm reading a book about companies that rather than choose, they chose not to be big, but to be great. Mm. And one of the things that the book has helped me to see is that you know, even from little kids, we were most cognizant of, you know, big names, big companies. Mm-hmm. You know, even now we are most cognizant of publicly traded companies. But there are a lot of companies that are small giants. They do great business. They make great money. But yet they have this human touch to what they do. And so I think because we've, we've you know, even when I was a kid, like, you know, I grew up in the Aaliyah generation. Aaliyah was in high school the same time, you know, she was a year behind me in high school and my boyfriend in high school saying backup for Aaliyah. So, you know, you know, probably from these streets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say, you got some tickets. Right, right. But like back in the day, growing up in Detroit, you know, when somebody made it big, it was like you got signed to a label. When someone made mm-hmm. it big, it was always this, you know. You move into L.A. Right, it's this highly visible thing. And so I think from children, we've been socialized to think about fast growth as winning. Mm. And that's not necessarily true because with fast growth comes a whole lot. And I mean, you know, watching for me, and I know this is a little bit off topic, but I think folks will connect watching the R. Kelly story on Lifetime. Mm-hmm. It hit different for me because I knew some of the people in that documentary because we were in high school together. We were all in high school. We were kids. Mm. And so I think that, you know, looking back and if you look at people, they'll talk about, yeah, I got this deal. You know, I love watching, for example, BET Unsung. You know, I don't know if you've ever watched Mm -hmm. those, like people that made it big and then what happened. And for a lot of them, it was like, I went 
it was too big, too soon, too fast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have either the support system or the maturity or the know-how to navigate it. And so I made these mistakes, whether that is I, you know, got caught up in, you know, drug use and now I'm navigating a substance use disorder. You know, Mm -hmm. I, um, just a variety of different things because it was too soon, too fast. So we've seen that in pop culture, but I think if we drill that down to our lives, a lot of times we want stuff too soon, too fast. Mm -hmm. And we can be addicted to fast growth as if that's the sign that I'm enough. And, you know, I think in my own life, I am learning um, fast, somewhat slow is fast. there are things that I might need to cultivate within so that when the moment comes, when a milestone moment comes, when a breakthrough opportunity comes, I'll be ready. Mm. So people ask me, you know, I remember when I met the senior vice president for American Greetings. I'm going to tell you a story, guys. This is all you Wesley, all you guys just pulling stuff out of me. Good. Thank you. You know, as a small business, you know, I started, so I started in my basement. And I started doing pop-up shops. So if anybody has ever done a pop-up shop or if you've seen pop-up shops at like a um, at like a, a market, an outdoor market, a summer market, or any of those types of things, it's grueling work. You know, you wake up at the crack of dawn, you're packing up tent, you're packing up your displays, you're packing up your products. For me, I was packing up an 18-month-old. My husband, he would tell a whole other story about packing and loading, and we'd go and... You know, right, you've probably heard these <laughs> stories of unpacking and you have no clue how much you're going to sell, if you're going to sell, if the weather is going to be good because where we live and, you know, and so I remember early on, I made the commitment that I would always speak to people, whether you bought something from me or not, that I would never play anybody small because sometimes, you know, the people that you think are going to buy something might just stand there and talk and then the people that you think won't might buy quite a few things and so, that was one of my early business mantras is that I would speak to everyone. I would greet everyone, no matter what, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So that's been in, in the culture. So in 2019, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the National Stationery Show, which is in New York. It's at the Javits. It's humongous. It makes Cobo Hall and DeVos Place look like a backdoor. It's small. <laughs> it's huge. This place you is know, huge. Where we from, Cobo Right, huge. huge, right? You think it's, it's huge. Think. 10 times that size. And so uh, there are people coming through, buyers from all of these organizations, buyers from every big name brand that you know. And I remember I said I would always speak to anyone. And so when you're at that show, people often turn their name tags around so that you can't see them because they don't want you to cater to me because I'm the buyer for Saks Fifth Avenue or I'm the buyer for Walmart, right? Mm. And you're like, that's not kind of, you know, you're thinking all of those things. I just said I'm going to speak to everybody. And so, quite honestly, you know, uh, things were not going as, as I had expected. I wasn't, you know, there was interest, but people weren't, like, you know, I didn't have that story like, I, you know, Walmart signed me to a million, you know, you know, products that same day. I didn't have that story. As I remember that morning, being in my hotel, sitting in the window and crying and talking to God. At that time, Darrell had had surgery. He was home. I was like, I should have just stayed home. Lord, it'd been my husband if I had known I was going to come out to New York and I was going to be embarrassed because what nobody could buy nothing. 
And you spent all moment. of your money okay, getting there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the Lord was like, it was just this peace. Like, just be consistent. Because this is the very last day of the trade show. And anybody that has ever done pop-up shows, you know that the last day, people are trying to pack up, get home, packing. So this is like 4 o'clock. The show ends at 5. People are starting to pack up early. But the rule is you're supposed to stay fully present until the show ends. And so, you know, I have neighbors that are packing up. I mean, they got dollies out there moving, and I'm like, no, I'm going to stay fully present and greeting and talking to people, you know, yeah. until the end. So there was this lone, you know, woman that was walking down the aisle, and, you know, nobody was talking to her. And she gets to me, and she says, hi, Vivian. She sees my lifestyle woman statement. She says, I really love that. I said, thank you. You know, we start talking. And then out the blue, she says, I am the senior vice president for American Greeting. Here's my card. I would love to get together after we leave now. You know, I went to that job and I had a whole praise break. Like, yes, sir. Like, just a whole. And I remember everybody in my row being in awe and shock and then trying to put their stuff back up. But missed that opportunity. But missed that opportunity. But it started. She didn't have one. When I tell you, she looked like she probably worked with the warehouse team. She didn't have on anything, any attire or anything that would say, you know, I'm I'm connected to this global brand. And people ignored her. She looked at other people's stuff and they didn't stop to talk to her. But I had always said from the days of me doing pop-up shops on Cherry Street that I would speak to everybody, no matter what you look like, no matter what you smelled like, no matter what anything, because I value human beings. Yeah. And it was those disciplines, getting back to that word you said, that I've cultivated in obscurity that created the pathway to a breakthrough moment. And so that's why I say we have to break up sometimes with fast growth and work on perfecting excellence at every stage. You you, you actually tap, I want to ask you this last question. This this is so good. Um, When I do, um, I don't know if I should say, well, yeah, I'll say, when I do season two, I'm going to share people's stories, just literally stories, not to understand how they got to where they are now. So the purpose of trying to hear their story is not to like highlight their success, mm-hmm. but it's just to hear people's stories. And you you sharing that, and thank you for sharing that and allowing you uh, everything you need to be the first recipient yes. of, of that. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking of a question of how do you handle um, new opportunities, meaning that you know, I focus so much on becoming a difference maker of, okay, like you said, fast growth. I want, oh, I want my practice to be huge and I want my mm-hmm. practice to be well known, the number one practice. And, and we, we do all of this stuff. But how do you handle new opportunities? So if you don't mind, can I pick your stereotype? So you get, you meet this vice president, senior vice mm-hmm. president. Um, how did you handle that opportunity? So she says she would like to get with you after you leave New York. Mm-hmm. So how did you handle that new opportunity as a difference maker? Does that make sense? It does. Um, I think the first phase is that you don't wait for the big opportunity. You prepare now. You have to prepare now for things you don't even see. And you prepare by the work ethic that you have, the excellence that you have, the integrity that you have, continuing to put your creativity out in the world and be the best that you can be where you are Mm. and be the best at what you do. So don't wait. Start now. Start now. I'm 
Did nobody give me no secret tip? Like, yo, at 405, you know, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. But because of the things that I had prepared in obscurity, I think that who you are in obscurity, you're just going to be more of that in visibility. And you know, I'm thinking you got my admiration because I'm thinking that lady did that strategically. One, she got her ass up at that side porch. But, you know, oftentimes, because I've, you know, been at different uh, events and, you know, we're on in the morning. We're smelling great. We got a little Starbucks <laughs> coffee sitting there. You know, we fresh. But four o'clock, we half dead. Right. We're tired. We're ready to go. You said D was having surgery. So I'm pretty sure your mom was like, oh, okay. This is where this is where we are. How many days was was this event? It was like four days. For four days. So on your last day. On my last day at <laughs> four o'clock before it was supposed to end, right? Last day. Hmm. Last day, there comes an opportunity. But I think, you know And you still didn't know it was gonna be an opportunity. Hmm. You know, he's just speaking hmm. to you. Hmm. And here's the other piece that I often tell people and I shared this full story on my podcast, you know, so an opportunity, a moment came. I got a business card, but if I don't call, if I don't reach out, yeah, nothing yeah. happens. And so there also became a point where, um, you know, I tell people from the day that we, from that moment to us being a target was two additional years. Wow. I met her in January of 2019. We partnered and we went into stores. In February of 2021. Right before COVID. Right after. Well, I don't know if we still in. I don't know. Right? Right? (laughs) For two years. Wow. You know, two years. So a lot of communication going back and forth. My last question. I got to let you go. I'm giving you. How how did you handle that? Like, so you get this card and I'm pretty sure you ran home. Right. You better wake up and look (laughs) at this. Like, so... How soon did you reach out? You know, like, how did you handle that? Because sitting in your home literally just shifted one aspect of your life. I won't mm-hmm. say changed your life, just shifted one aspect of your life. Because um, you're just now discovering it. Mm-hmm. That's not your own fault. I, I, You know what? I think it was a shift, but nothing happened. And I think that's why I firmly believe wait, wait, in seed, time, time, out, time and out, harvest. Time out, time out, that. No, you will not. Like, we're going to leave a cliffhanger no, for season you will two. Not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you said a shift. <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away. Time out. You said a shift happened. No, a shift took place, but nothing happened. But nothing happened. Okay, shut up. You're going to shut up. You go ahead. Yes, a shift happened. A shift, a sh- um, an opportunity presented itself, but nothing happened. And I think it's important for people to know that it took two years. And so what do you do in two years? I firmly believe it's what we did in those two years is the reason that we went into 1,753 Target stores. Um, One is that we didn't yield. I didn't hold my breath. And I remember there was a point in our negotiations and in our time where, you know, things stalled. Because, look, we saw companies shut their doors, right? Major companies filed for bankruptcy in pandemic, like, you have to not put all your eggs in one basket. You have to still keep walking at the intersection of joy and purpose. Mm. And I think there have been moments where you don't have to come back. Because that wasn't my first opportunity to have a global partner. I had another opportunity and it fell through. And I cried. Big tears, right? But then I think the Lord had to show me, quit putting 
your expectation on man and people. You better put your hope in me. Because there's, I speak by the doors that I open and the doors that I close, and I also speak by the timing in which I open and I close. Oh, my God. And I... There Where was, do I send my offer? <laughs> Lord. Good. I learned so much about myself in the two years that from that January 2019 to February 2021, I got so anchored in such a sense of clarity. You have to come back and have a yeah, 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 too. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I'm going to stop there. I, I got to let you out of here. Um, man... Shannon, what an honor to have you uh, sit with me. Like, seriously, I'm bit choosing. Uh, I'm forcing my kids not to sleep during that time either, but we are going to listen to this this episode um, because I, I felt some things, like, stirring in my spirit. I'm like, ooh, I got to get this together. But how can people find you? Let's close it out because I know yes. I talk and you're 10 minutes and I need to honor your time. <laughs> no, I'm so, grateful for um, you. How can people find you, your podcast, your book, all of that good stuff, and not just your book. You have two books, but go ahead. Yeah, I think the first place is just to go to shannoncohen.com, S-H-A-N-N-A-N-C-O-H-E-N.com. And every link to everything that we do is there. Our Rockstar Woman brunch is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, our podcast links are there. Wait, links wait, wait. To the book. Ooh, let's do something. I want to do something, but I'm going to do exactly what I promised you. Um, how much is your registration for your Rockstar it's a surprise. Okay. <laughs> we we come out all of, everything comes out May fourth, but I will okay. definitely circle okay. back with you well, on May fourth. I'm gonna put I'm gonna go on re- I'm gonna go on record. I I will. Uh, well, of course, I'll tell my audience first. But to a listener, um, to our listening audience, someone who you have to be a woman, right? Kendra. Okay. So the first person who contact us and all the information, as always, is in our show notes. Um, but you send us an email. I will literally cover your registration. That's amazing. Thank you for doing and that. And we're giving away your material, too. They already know I do this every single time. Um, but I buy, purchase your, uh, I will purchase both books, and those books will be given away for free, too. But the people have to contact us, and all that information is in the show notes. Uh, anything else you want to add before we call it good? I just thank you. Thank you for creating a space for our minds to be renewed because that's not happening. Mm. I'm just really grateful for you and just the opportunity to sit and have your this sliver of your vision today is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you coming and uh, taking time and more is to come and we'll have you back. So until next time, God bless and see you all later. Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like, share and subscribe to the show remember start with the mind and everything can be renewed until next time stay fresh stay cool and stay renewed